back, my friends, to the Mail Right Real Estate Agent Podcast Show. We're on episode 113. My name is Thomas J. Nelson, and my co-host is Jonathan Denwood. And we have a fantastic guest today in Courtney Brophy from Happy Turtle Marketing. And uh, Courtney, thanks for joining us on the show. I want you to say hi to our audience. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Let's, uh, let's talk real estate. All right. Well, we will definitely dive into that in just a moment. I want to give Jonathan a chance to say hello to everyone. Oh, well, hi there, folks. I'm the founder of MailRite. Um, we're a company that provides services that will help you get more leads from Facebook. And I'm Thomas J. Nelson. I'm a residential realtor here in beautiful San Diego, California, where I'm never too busy for your referrals. And I'm excited to dive into some questions today with Courtney. Um, Courtney, I wanted to ask you, um, I, I read a little bit of your bio on your website, and um, it looks like you've had quite a background from everything from working with theater companies to uh, large marketing programs uh, for real estate companies. And at what point did you make the decision to go out on your own? And, and what was that decision for you like? I mean, when you decide to, okay, I'm going to leave the comfort of working for someone else and dive into entrepreneurship. Yeah, entrepreneurship's funny, isn't it? You're kind of born with it. And if you don't respond to it, it will never go away. Right. Uh, you know, I, I initially got into real estate back in 2010, which is about the worst time in the world to be a new agent. Yep. <laughs> and uh, to keep myself afloat, I actually started doing marketing even at that point for other agents because they needed it, uh, particularly in the online sphere. That was when, you know, Facebook business pages were like a new thing. Uh, so I very quickly found that, you know, there was opportunity there and, and I wanted to make sure that if I was going to go out and really do it full time, that, that I had the, the education, the support behind me, but I knew what I was doing. Uh, so a couple years back when, you know, the more that I spent time with agents, the more I found that they really had a need uh, for people that were focused on the tools and focused on doing it properly and not, you know, these fly by night vendors online that, are, that they're, they're getting scammed by because they don't know the difference. Uh, right. So, mm -hmm. you know, I saw a need and I had the skill and kind of the drive in, the, in my gut to do it. And uh, a couple years later, here I am. So let me ask you this because you, you obviously um, have a focus on real estate agents and, and I know just from being an agent for almost uh, 20 years now and uh, running networking groups with, um, that are both entrepreneurial and or real estate agent mastermind focused, um, there's one common thread that runs between small business owners and it's the uh, DIY uh, mentality. Um, I can do it all myself. How do you get people to get beyond the, um, the DIY mentality and get into the done for you mentality? I love do it yourself agents. They're, they're some of the most dive in and get their hands dirty people I've ever met. And I love <laughs> that about them. However, yes. <laughs> I have a full-time job as a Facebook advertiser and I spend probably five to 10 hours a week in training and reading and educating and learning. And I'm in dozens of groups and, and things as a full-time advertiser. So it's hard for me to believe knowing what an agent's life looks like. Um, those late night phone calls, those 10 offers on one house in 24 hours, you know, those days happen. And they also, you know, have a life and have family and sports and, you know, things that they do um, for them to be able to really properly leverage that tool. I, 
in its scale, uh, it's hard, it's, I very rarely see truly successful agents doing it. And the ones that I do, my response is usually, well, you're probably doing what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> if you're, if you're really that good at it, <laughs> why are you selling real estate? Uh, so it's, you know, I know there are agents and some of them, that's just their niche. That's what they like to spend their time doing. Uh, and then they hire teams to go out and actually sell houses. So, you know, if that's the case, then great. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to stay current on. Yes. Uh, so if you're willing to invest in the education and the tools to stay current, to do it yourself, it is possible. Uh, but I think it ends up, you know, a full-time job for people without even realizing it all of a sudden, all they're doing is lead generating and then they're not actually converting or selling any houses. Uh, so there's always a trade-off there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and then you're talking about too, um, a small percentage of agents with the team because the larger percentage are, are, are on their own. So um, I would imagine this greatly affects their, their best use of time uh, when they're trying to take on all these tasks themselves. Um, so, I mean, it's, I mean, for me, I've always tried to convey how am I most valuable and then everything else, how can I hire it done? Uh, right. But you know, and, and in talking to my service providers about this, um, I find that their biggest challenge is finding more entrepreneurs like me with my mentality because they run into so many people thinking, no, 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 I'm, why would I hire it done when I can just do it myself? But you brought it up earlier. It's what about the value of your, your life, your time? I mean, your whole life, it can't be the real estate business. I mean, I know some agents that it is, <laughs> but I mean, how do you how do you get people to realize look you're at a point in your career where you don't need to be doing this that's what i'm here for mm -hmm. um you need to focus on what you do best and it's not this but how do you approach that with them because i mean there's ego involved yep <laughs> <laughs> well, I think honestly, a lot of times my most successful conversations are with agents who came from another industry. Oh. Um, and we talk about, you know, like I was, I was a marketing manager for a division of this ginormous company. Mm -hmm. And in our building, we had our sales director, we had our sales managers, we had myself, the marketing manager. Uh, we had salespeople all over the country. We had an operations manager. We had a warehouse and fulfillment manager. We had customer service team. We had an accountant. All of these job descriptions to run one business. And then in real estate, they take them all and expect this one person to be all of those things. It's insane, right? When you say right. it like that. Yep. Um, so, you know, ultimately, if, you, if one of those things is your sweet spot, all of those other things, you're probably doing B, C, D, and F level work, right? If you're really, really good at this thing, yep. your other business functions are suffering. And, you know, at the end of the day, everything you do in your business is a marketing function. How well you take care of your people, how well you deal with your, uh, your bookkeeping and your transactional management. I mean, it's all part of your marketing. So if you're letting those things suffer, you're actually doing a disservice to your whole business, whether you realize it or not. Um, you know, think about the agents are famous for their shoe boxes full of receipts at tax time, right? <laughs> yeah. To save a couple hundred bucks a year on a regular accountant, like that they could have do that every month and every quarter and actually pay quarterly taxes, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so those, those are the most successful conversations usually that I have are people that when you say it that way and they're like, yeah, I remember those 10 people were 10 very different people with very different skill sets and we invested in their education separately. <laughs> you right. know, we hired CPAs as accountants and we hired MBAs in marketing for a marketing director. <laughs> like, um, you know, to expect all of those to be compiled into one disc profile, like it just, it, it very rarely works for one agent to take all that on. Well, I would imagine too that even if they don't have that background, it, it, I mean, I, which I like, for example, I don't, but that totally makes sense to me um, when you break it down that way. Um, 
And you touched on this, and this is where I want to go with my next question is, you know, I do believe like you uh, that marketing is our one of our number one priorities because without the marketing, nothing else happens. We don't have anything to do until the business starts coming in. Right. So, but but I, I, I run into um, people that make a mistake because they blend um, mentalities on, on this question I'm going to ask you. Can you explain to us the difference between marketing and advertising versus, and lead generation for that matter? Because there are three different things in my mind. Am I right or wrong? Yes. Okay. Yes, you're right. <laughs> All right. So in your mind, how do, you, how do you discern the difference between your marketing versus your advertising? Let's start with that. Well, if you start there, I mean, marketing is, is – is about your holistic brand and it's about what the reputation of your business is in your market. You know, for realtors, it's a lot easier because you're hyper-local brands, right? You're not trying to right. blanket all of the United States. Right. You get to say this 10 square miles is my turf. I'm going to own it. It's going to be mine. So when you're thinking about marketing that, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can develop that reputation and that brand. Uh, you know, there are people that are new construction agents and no matter where you are, you're going to know their name. Uh, there are people that like rock star at community service and like they run these huge projects and it's what their business is known for. So in a crowded space, marketing can allow you to have a voice and to have a brand, uh, you know, and you have to determine what that is and it's different for everybody. You know, as a consultant, you have to be open to that. Like, okay, maybe that's not your thing. So let's find something else. Uh, but if you have no thing, you're going to have nothing. Right. 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 Uh, so then you go into advertising, which is like my go forth and conquer part of the conversation, like mm. go forth, find the people you want to do business with. Okay. Um, in theory, the marketing has already been working. And when they see your name, there's going to be some recognition there. Uh, but the advertising, you've got to go find those people that need you. Uh, you're in a service industry. If you're in real estate, right. uh, you know, you advertise because you have something to offer and you're saying, please come work with me. I want to help you. Uh, that if, if you start from that place, all of your parts of it, and then you've got lead gen. Lead gen right. is a totally different thing. There's a lot of advertising and marketing that will never generate you a lead. Okay, let's talk about that for a minute because that's, <laughs> that's a huge mistake agents make. I see it all the time on my blog site on Active Rain. They're like, I just did all this stuff to my website. Nothing's happening, you know? <laughs> so let's talk about that. What, what are the mistakes agents are making when it comes to lead generation? Focusing on lead generation as their only objective. That's my, my first uh, response to that. Uh, if you are only looking at the things that you're doing by how many leads did it get me directly, you're, you're fighting a losing battle because you can't track all of those things. Uh, you know, the value of running that peanut butter and jelly campaign for the local food shelter can't be measured. But you know what? When you ran an ad and they saw your name, it had value. So you can't just say this line item brought me five, this line item brought me two, this one converted one sale, this one converted one. Like, Obviously, that's the metric that's the end of the pipe. Right. Um, but if you want to build a sustainable business, you really have to be thinking short term and long term. So, you know, even with Facebook ads, you know, sometimes campaigns can take a little time to get legs under them before the leads really start to flow. And that's on us as advertisers to get that happening as quickly as possible. But in the meantime, you've still gotten thousands of impressions for a penny a piece or, you know, clicks to your website where they've gone and engaged in other content and, you know, you're building a retargeting audience that you're going to be able to send ads to. For, like, you know, there are layers to that value besides just that one metric in the ad screen <laughs> that leads clicked. Check. 
Um, and I think when you think about your business as a whole like that, it takes some of the pressure off each individual activity while you should hold it accountable. You can't necessarily equate everything to leads because your advertising has to be happening. Your marketing has to be happening. And hopefully those will contribute to lead gen. Because uh, okay. if all things are working together, you're going to have a short term and long term success, right? That's my, that's my perspective on it. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, now, it, um, I'm going to ask you this. Um, with that knowledge, it, are all three of these happening in concert? Or are, are you starting with, okay, let me get my branding going before I start advertising, before I start lead gen? Or is there an order to this? Or are they all happening at once? How, do, how does somebody like brand new in the business today launch that program? Ah, the perfectionist real estate agent. <laughs> this is one of my favorite subjects. And, and when I get on the call with agents, they're, well, I'm working on my website. Can we run any ads? Well, that depends. If I can run them without it, then yeah, let's get them out there. Like you have no time to lose. You're not getting paid, right? You're commission only. Uh, you know, it depends on your need. You know, if you're a brand new agent, the concept of brands when you haven't sold a house yet is a really, really big elephant to try to eat mm. one bite at a time, right? However, from, from an advertising standpoint, you can get traction quickly and start getting those wins and those clients and those testimonials and those sales on your Zillow and those kind of things that give you sense of scale. Uh, being, a, being a new agent is really hard because you're duking it out with people that have sold a thousand homes and right. in some markets, 20 person teams. Um, so, you know, you can start branding in the sense that establishing with your own sphere that you're a real estate agent now and developing your, your genius with them, you know, doing emails and Facebook posts and lives and sending them things directly by text or, you know, however you can get in front of your sphere. Like I'm in real estate now, please do business <laughs> with me because people are scared. You're a new agent. Like it right. really takes a lot of time to establish that credibility that you actually know what the heck you're talking about. Right. Right. So from that standpoint, brand yourself with your sphere. But you first thing you got to do is start making a living, right? right. <laughs> you have got to get some leads coming in the door. You're going to be out of business in a hundred days. Like so many agents are. So, you know, for a brand new agent, I would push lead gen, you know, sphere networking first, then focus on lead gen. Like the things that you can do to bring leads now, things like SEO, SEO is great. It's, it's almost magical the way that you could just have leads forever off of one post, but it's not going to happen tomorrow. And you could be out of business before that. Right, right. So, you know, as a brand new agent, you have to weigh those things against each other. Um, you know, they push open houses. Open houses are great. You're literally standing in front of someone that wants to buy a house. Heck yeah, set all the open houses you can. No dollars required there, right? Right. Um, you know, so, sorry, that was kind of a roundabout answer to say, focus on your sphere first if you're a new agent and then focus on lead gen. All of those other things will come when you have the budget and the time to deal with them. Um, oh, as a brand oh, new agent, you got all the time in the world. I wasn't worried about that at all. Actually, I, I'm notorious for my roundabout answers. <laughs> I'm just going to digress. <laughs> so, but you know, um, you've brought up a couple of things I want to dive into in a minute here because I do want to talk about Facebook and SEO. But uh, you, something that popped into my mind while you were um, giving that good answer was, uh, what about the agent? Um, this is what I ran into. I'm just going to throw myself into this. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I found myself in the last three or four years hitting a new price point. I went up in price point, which brought up a different clientele level, but it also changed my competition. And suddenly I'm going up against these massive teams that I was under their radar at a certain price point. Now I'm dead set, you know, in a game of chicken with them on listing presentations. So mm -hmm. 
what, with an agent that's already established that does have a brand, does have um, a history of marketing and um, lead gen going on, um, but now you need to tweak because your your um, your competition's changed. Um, is there different advice for them, or is it the same advice? Be better than them. So, okay, but let's let's <laughs> like unpack that. I don't, that. Like, I don't mean to be dismissive. That's my no. that's my sincere response. Yeah. Is there's especially we'll just go back to you know Facebook advertising. Right. When you're doing awesome things on Facebook, there is a perception of you as an agent. Okay. Because they think you're cool, they think you're tech savvy, and they think you're going to do things that no one else can. Okay. Uh, so when you sit down in that listing presentation, unless that team has someone that's as good as you, you should be able to show your value and show the things that you're doing, where it becomes you selling you, not you against them. Uh, okay. If you are know that you are better than them in certain things, you can focus on those things. So make it your business to be better than them at something. Uh, okay. No, you may not be able to say, I've got seven buyer's agents that bring in leads and da 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 But you can say, I invest constantly while your home is on the market in Facebook advertising. Last month, I got over a million impressions from my clients. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, let, let, oh, go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, I don't know if Courtney would agree with this, but the other factor is celebrate that you're smaller, that you're a boutique, mm -hmm. that your boutique, you're offering a boutique individual service. And some of those clients, that wouldn't appeal to them. They would want to go to, with a massive team. But I would suggest, and I'd be interested if Courtney agrees, that um, so, a lot of those clients would also be interested in going with a, a boutique player. So don't, I don't think it's necessarily um, that you need to make out you're some massive player against these big teams because be what you are, really. Yeah. What do That's you think? Advice. I, I agree completely. Um, and, you know, I just know, we'll just speak to my market specifically. There's four or five of these gigantic teams that are 10 plus people, uh, you know, one of the original Keller Williams expansion teams started in our market. Like that's who our agents are duking it out against. Wow. And they don't even try, not in, not in a negative way, but they're right. just like, look, I'm me. If you dial the phone, you're gonna get me. That's my value. Um, and then they look at maybe outsourcing parts of their business to someone like myself so that they can say, they don't have to feel like they're doing it all. You know what I mean? Speak to who you are. And great evidence of that is the fact that on Zillow now, you can search by team or individual agent. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Because yeah. even Zillow has identified that not everybody wants this thing and not everybody wants this thing. So you, you know, the consumer gets to pick now. So just, I, I'm right there with you, man. Just be who you are uh, and be great at what you do. That's um, the best marketing you can do, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, not everyone's going to want the uh, the big mill. They're going to want the uh, specialized service. I mean, I, you know, I mentioned being in a new price point this year. I've been in uh, deals with three of those agents I go head to head with. Um, I, I brought buyers into their listings and I never once talked to them. I never once heard from them. I always talked to the gatekeeper and the assistant. Um, so, and which, you know, for me, not a problem, but if I'm the client, I may want to hear from the actual man's name or the woman's name on the bus bench. I call <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. or wherever you found them. Um, now 
um, the opposite of a bus bench ad would probably be some Facebook advertising here. So let's. That was a good segue. <laughs> I'm curious to know. I mean, I've done. Uh, I've my first real experience with Facebook advertising was working with Jonathan's company with Mailrite, and um, but what what can agents do to utilize? Facebook advertising if they're new to it because it seems like a daunting thing because you just there's so many mistakes you can make with how to spend your money so how, how do you just what's the good basic way to get started the best way to get started with Facebook advertising is to find the a, a good training resource uh, there's a lot of them out there you know I'm happy to share some some in writing here uh, about what some good resources out there so that you can properly understand the tool um, and I want to take a moment of pause here to separate between I'm going to boost a post and I'm going to advertise on Facebook. They're two very different things um, and they're valuable in different ways. But, you know, I just want to be clear that when we're talking about advertising, we're not talking about putting $10 into, a, into, a, into your post. Uh, that, is, that is a visibility tool. It is a get eyeballs on your new listing or new likes for your, you know, there are a lot of purposes to do that. Uh, but if you're really wanting to lead generate and grow your business, that ain't it. You know, even Mark Zuckerberg, even Mark Zuckerberg will tell you that that's not what that's meant for. Uh, you know, it's not going to get priority and placement. It's not, you know, if you want to do Facebook advertising, do Facebook advertising. Uh, it's not to say there's no value in boosting, but we're just talking about two different things here. Uh, you know, if you want to get started with advertising, learn to do it properly. Like find a real Facebook training program. Uh, that's going to take you start to finish because if you get in there and you see more than a couple levers that you don't know what to do, you're not ready to be running ads yet. Okay. That's good um, advice. It's, it's not a hard system. It's not a simple system. It, it's, it's not difficult. Sorry, I said that backwards. It's not difficult, but it is relatively complex. Uh, each lever is kind of a yes or no choice in a lot of cases. You know what I mean? So you just need to know what combination to put those in because you may well be doing things that's crashing your results and you don't even know it. Um, so, you know, if you sit down at that platform and, you know, Facebook has a ton of stuff out there, just go to Facebook's training. If, if nothing else, you know, if you don't have the resources to invest in a, in a paid program, um, just take it step by step. How do I set up the audience? How do I set up the targeting? How do I set, you know, take it one piece at a time and be really, really good at that because I think one of the things that's dangerous in this industry is we go into Facebook groups and we exchange with our peers and it is so valuable, but then we take and we try to copy paste and yeah. then we come out the other side and we say, I don't know why it didn't work. Well, that's because you didn't really know all of the moving parts. Right. Uh, you didn't know how their pixel was optimized. You didn't get to see their audience targeting. You didn't get to see their placement strategy. All they did was screenshot the ad and say, I got 50 leads in two days. Mm that's only one ingredient of the soup. You know right. what I mean? Uh, so the simple answer, learn it properly. Uh, don't, don't start throwing your money at something that you don't know how to drive. It's just not a good investment for you. Um, and there are a lot of, a lot of tools out there to teach you. Um, if you do intend to do it yourself. All right. So read the instructions before you build it. <laughs> yeah. Read the whole recipe before you start making the soup. All right. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to sneak one more question in before we go to commercial. Um, and that is, um, I actually saw a pretty cool little snippet of an interview you did. And I wanted to kind of extract a little from that by asking you this question is how does one that has had some Facebook um, ad experience uh, diagnose and treat their underperforming ads? How, how do you determine, Hey, you know, 
where, where's the benchmark and, and, and where, where can it be improved? Yeah, we could do a whole hour on that one. Couldn't I? <laughs> I figured. <it> <laughs> <laughs> I sneak this one in before the commercial break. Uh, I mean, in simple terms, you have to be testing at all times with your Facebook ads because what's healthy one week might be ailing the next week and vice mm. versa. Just because a lead is bringing or an ad is bringing leads doesn't mean it's healthy. And just because it's not doesn't mean it isn't healthy. Mm. Uh, you know, when you're split testing and you're saying, you know, my mobile versus my desktop, okay, I'm getting way better results on mobile. Let's test that. You know, you're running through out of the gate. You should always be running three, four, five versions of your creative, see which one's working best, then start testing another part of the creative. Like, you know, by always testing, you're going to improve because I'll have people ask me, what's a good click through rate? Well, that depends on about a thousand different things. <laughs> what right. layer in your campaign is it? How big is your audience? How long has it been? Like, you know. So my answer is, if you've got five creatives running, you can say this one's getting a terrible click-through rate, do, you know, if you not, don't have anything to compare it to. So the basic process there is diagnose where the really good things are happening, scale into those, okay. treat the things that aren't working, and then let it heal. You have got to stop touching your campaigns. Let huh. them run. Give Facebook time to be smarter than you. Give them a couple of days or a week, depending on how, quick, how much ad budget you're putting into it. Um, just stop touching them because if you're touching them every day, you're actually making them worse. <laughs> but uh, I want it now. <laughs> I know. And that honestly with realtors, that's the uphill battle is when I'm like, give it a, like, I, I'm like, your ads are live. They're like, I haven't gotten any leads. It's been 10 minutes. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. 10 uh, minutes? That, that's, that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? They probably were only there on one cup of coffee if they let it go 10 minutes. <laughs> right. And well, better when they're like looking at their own stats and things going, oh, the I'm like, you, you just got to trust me. That's what you're paying me to know is when we need to move, make changes. Uh, so you got to diagnose what's wrong, heal it then, or treat it, then let it heal. Um, think about it like a doctor. You know what I mean? This is a scientific yeah. process. Facebook advertising is a science, um, maybe more so than any other venue or tool we have right now. It is a science. Well, and just based on your answer that, I mean, your answer alone made me realize that's a full-time job doing that, then that's not what I'm getting paid to do. So just in that answer, I've realized, wow, that was so overwhelming to listen to. <laughs> you know? and so this is why you hire it done when you don't know what you're doing, folks, because your, your, your time and money is better spent on what you're bringing the, time, bringing the money in with and, and then hire your weaknesses. If you're not good at something, um, is it in your best interest to train on it and spend time doing it? Or is it better to hire someone to do it. Um, that's my opinion. Um, we're going to come back with some more questions in a minute, but I'm going to toss it over to Jonathan and uh, he'll take us to a commercial break. Oh, thanks, Thomas. I really enjoyed the conversation. And we're going for a break, folks. And when we come back, we're going to be talking some more Facebook with Courtney and delving a little bit deeper in this fascinating topic. We'll be back in a few seconds, folks. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back, folks. We've had a great conversation, Courtney, um, all about Facebook. I'm going to hand it back to my co-host, Thomas. 
All right. Well, Courtney, I wanted to dive into SEO because that is a an acronym that's tossed around daily. Uh, yet, when we're talking about search engine optimization, has that changed over the years, and and how it's effective, and and what what are best practices for it today, if if it has changed? Or was that just a huge question? <laughs> that was a really huge question, and I will I will respond with. Uh, you know, search engine optimization is not something I spend time on full time. So okay. I really briefly in response to that, um, only to say that the very healthiest marketing programs are doing both. Mm. Um, like Facebook advertising, search engine optimization changes very, very frequently. Um, so the things that you did that you were ranking for a year ago, you may just be off the radar now because you haven't kept up with what you're doing. Okay. Um, so, you know, searching can be a great way to... Um, you know what they want in a different way than you do on Facebook advertising. So you can address those needs and attract particular kinds of people based on what they're searching for. Um, but like Facebook advertising, it can be a very robust, very big strategy to really see results on it. Um, and they're not, it's not a short term strategy by any stretch. I think even SEO people will tell you that, um, you know, SEO is a road you want to go down if you're really trying to build for the long term. Um, that being said, make sure your websites don't suck. That's not, an SEO, that's not an SEO strategy. That's a business owner strategy. You as yeah. listing agents purport to be marketing professionals. Build out your websites, put some content on them for the love. Um, it's important whether you're working on an SEO strategy or not, make your websites valuable because people, whether they're referral or not, are going to look you up and they're going to, the first thing they judge about your business is your website in a lot of cases. So, yeah. Would you, um, would you agree with this, Courtney, that um, you, you, Agent really, agents got to spend some love on their website and spend a few hours, have some time every week, like one hour, two hour, where they're actually actively working on their website around content. And just, you see so many agents just got this attitude, we got the website up and we're just going to leave it. Um, would you agree with what I've just said? It depends on the website, but yes, as a general statement. I mean, if you've got blog posts on there that are dated from three years ago, and that's the most recent thing that you have on that website, it does not look good. It looks like you're out of business. And right. if you don't have time to maintain your own business, what kind of attention are you giving their listing? Great point. Um, you know, so from that standpoint, yes. It depends on the website that you're trying to leverage and what your goals are. You know, there's a lot of people using those really out of the box websites that are very simple and they're a great online business card and brochure and that's all it's doing. And if that's the case, put your 30 bucks a month into it or use what your broker's giving you, go to it. Uh, you know, but if you're going to do more, you have to do more. And that's another of those things you can hire out. Uh, you know, we write a lot of content for people that, it, it, you know, on a weekly, monthly basis so that there's just fresh content that they're, they use it on their Facebook pages. They use it in email newsletters. They, you know, there's a lot of value to that work. So it's not just a make yourself look good. Uh, you know, if you come from a place of value, uh, you know, you're always going to get better results. Yeah. I'm, I'm, sorry, Thomas. Go on. Yeah. Well, I, just, I wanted to piggyback on that because Jonathan talks about this a lot too. We always talk about renting a website versus owning a website. Um, and, he, and he's always on me because I do rent a website right now, uh, but I have customized it a little. Uh, but my, my question is, you know, we were talking about expectations before with marketing, like an agent um, needs to give marketing time and uh, to kick in. And, and so you have to have a budget that can sustain 
um, essentially probably no ROI in the beginning just so that you can, it can get legs and get going. Mm -hmm. But with a website, um, if, if an agent is to take the advice Jonathan's given uh, multiple times on owning one, in your opinion, like what's a good budget to start with um, to, to own your own website? Because, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I'm, you know, I came in to, you know, the computer age hit uh, as I graduated high school. So I didn't grow up with it, but I adopted it in my adult life. And the, the thought of spending thousands of dollars on this, in, you know, kind of intangible digital thing out there um, was, a, was a, a tough sell on me in the early days of my career. So how do, you, how do you assign a value to that? And what is that value for launching a website? You know, I'm going to admit, I haven't heard all his comments on this, but I don't necessarily agree. <laughs> uh, in the same way that we spoke earlier about those of us that are full-time advertisers, it's a full-time job to keep up with the technology and the tools and the changes and the best practices. When you're talking about renting websites, you're paying for somebody else to do that work for you. And because they're scaled, you're getting a financial benefit from that scale. But that does not mean you're not getting as good a tool. When you're owning your own, you're still paying for that time. You're just paying for it individually. So it is an incrementally more expensive thing. Now, that being said, my guess is that his argument is that, you know, that tool dries up. You decide to make a change. You've lost all of your content value. Um, am, I, am I on the right track there as his argument on the... Oh, I think you've done, you done fantastic. But, um, okay. <laughs> um, but um, I just wanted to say... I think leasing a platform at the beginning is probably the right choice. Um, I think only having a site that you can really have more flexibility and more cu customization and making it more individual to your brand is a bit linked to what we've said during this conversation is it's only worth doing when you in the position to build a brand if you're in a position to be really realistic to yourself that either you're going to get somebody like yourself or other people maybe to write content for you um, or and also write some of it yourself. Um, I'm not saying you're going to have to write it all yourself. I've, I think there's a sweet area, but that's only worth it. It's only worth going down owning the site, as I put it, is when you're prepared to put some love and care into it that's what i really meant yeah and it's it's got to be part of a more robust strategy uh yes, the, right. the concept of your seo loss when you change sites and that kind of stuff um i had somebody earlier this year pay me a lot of money to migrate all of their community pages and blog posts and all that kind of stuff now they weren't as valuable because they were brand new uh but you know he had paid for that content and he wanted it moved so it depends on the situation. I hate that answer, but it, right. it sincerely does. Um, yeah. That's where, you know, my actual recommendation is don't pick the brain of the people that are selling the sites. Pick, <laughs> the brain of, pick the brain of someone like myself or Jonathan that can give you some perspective uh, on your situation because it's, you know, those of us that know the industry from a marketing standpoint, we know, we pretty much know all the products that are out there and, you know, I have my favorites, but if it's not the right choice for somebody, I'll tell them something else. Right. Uh, so it's, you know, that's where it's, you got to be careful with the hive mind of everybody's jumping in bed with this one website product and let's all go do this. And they're making lots of money. So I'm going to make lots of money. But again, you don't know all the variables involved. Maybe they're the only decent agent in a hundred miles. You don't know. 
Right. Uh, so <laughs> it's not one size fits all, I guess, is my, my short answer to that. Yeah. Uh, and if you're not in a position that you're going to be pushing into a hardcore, like website centered strategy, I, I, the own your website is a pretty big investment to make uh, yeah. until you're in a place to, to really go there. So I agree. Thank you. Uh, uh, but um, don't get me wrong, there, there, there's about um, half a dozen um, very quality um, kind of leasing, um, you know, um, curator. You know, I'm a great fan of Chris Smith and Jimmy, you know. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, spoke, I've spoken to Chris on a number of occasions. I've tried to get him on this show. He did say he would come on it, but he keeps escaping. Uh, <laughs> um, um, I want to come that day. <laughs> that would be interesting. I, I had the chance to see Chris speak uh, about the conversion code. That's actually the gift I give all my new clients is, is the conversion code because it's it is a must read for anyone. It's not who, bad, is it? He gets to the point yeah. at least. It's not it's yeah. not a ramble. He, he gets to the point, doesn't he, Chris? Well, he he gets the that it's a science. It's not throw darts at the wall and hope one sticks. You know, you need to treat your business like a business. And, and I, that's I, why I, I thought I would invite you because that's what I love mm-hmm. about you is I've no, seen you on yeah. other um, podcasts and that. Mm-hmm. And one of your great strengths is you provide great value, but you also get to the point. So uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so um, have you got any, you know, um, when it comes to Facebook advertising, one of the mm-hmm. classics is uh, a home valuation lead magnet Mm -hmm. um it's an old classic do you think that still has any life still in it or do you think your lead magnets and um you know your objective through facebook advertising is to get people's name phone number um email um isn't it really um but it's getting a little bit more difficult, isn't it? So what do you think of that old classic and or do you, and um, what are some of your advice and insights about running, um, A, do you need a landing page and a lead magnet to have a reasonably successful Facebook advertising campaign? Yeah, seller leads on Facebook are hard, man. Like, <laughs> hard. Uh, you know, I hope my saying that gives comfort <laughs> to uh, the do-it-yourselfers. You know, I, I've got an agency network around the world that are a lot of them working with realtors and it's kind of an industry-wide, somebody crack this thing is the right answer. Uh, and and like, like I'll, I'll pay for it all day once somebody figures it out. You know, I have some things that work in some markets, but it's been something that we've tested into really hard to find a sweet spot. Um, I will say those home value ads, in most markets, they've lost their mojo uh, mm-hmm. just because they've been oversaturated. Uh, yeah. And because, you know, what I keep hearing from agents that have used them, like they buy one of these $25 a month that they can use the tool. Uh, what ends up happening is they get an auto-generated home value and then they get on the phone with the agent and the agent ends up having to duke it out with whatever that report sent, um, <laughs> which is not a licensed real estate agent in their market. So, you know, they actually found that to be an uphill climb with those leads because they had already been given a home value before the agent even got to speak to them. So, you know, I think industry-wide, that's a subject that can be addressed is these auto value things, estimate and whatever. Uh, But I think the home value, it's... Wanting to know your home value does not mean you're somebody that's thinking about selling. 
So where you are in your selling process, it doesn't mean anything to that. Uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen success marketing sellers as buyers, like why they're changing homes, uh, because that is hitting an emotional trigger. What's your home worth is not, there's no emotional trigger to that. Like <laughs> the most successful campaigns are emotional triggers, right? So that doesn't mean anything. You don't know who you're talking to. So how do you possibly write copy for that uh, <laughs> to make it really effective? And if you do catch them, you might be catching people that just bought their home and now they want to know what it's worth. They're not selling it or, you know, they're going to refinance and that, you know, you can help them with that, but it's not valuable to you. Um, yeah. So that particular campaign, I think in most markets, there are still agents seeing some success with it, but I think in most markets it's run its course. Uh, we're having to be more creative. It's saturated now. I mean, that's a huge point you made about the emotional uh, triggers. Um, you're right. I mean, if it's not inspiring some sort of emotional reaction, it's not going to get the juice that you're hoping, uh, especially if you're using something that every other agent's using out of the box, you know? Um, it kind of, uh, you, when you said that, it brought up a question in my mind I want to ask you is, knowing what you just said, what is effective top of mind marketing then today? Uh, would it, like, is it, do you target emotionally versus um, practically, if you will? Uh, what is, you know, let's talk about top of mind marketing and what's effective today. Yeah, that's a big question. Because if you, <laughs> if, you were, if you were an agent in Dallas, Texas, or you were an agent in Green Bay, Wisconsin, or you were an agent in LA, California, we would have very different conversations about that. Fair um, enough, yeah. So, you know, I was speaking to an agent last week that he's in a market where the 20 and 30 somethings are migrating out of this particular couple of zip codes and they're moving out to this particular couple of zip codes. Mm. So we have a real opportunity there to market to them with things of value involving this market because he as an agent, as a smart agent, watches his numbers, knows his numbers, identify that so we can be really specific to who they are, why they're moving. Those are the best campaigns is where we can come from a place of value Mm. Uh, and that we're actually giving something valuable. Okay. So, uh, you know, something like expecting parents that are upsizing, you uh. can target that on Facebook and you can, it's not about manipulating their emotions. It's about addressing a pain. Like right. they're thinking about, Oh my gosh, they had their baby shower. Where am I going to put all this stuff? Like right. I mean, my daughter's too. I still don't have room for all this stuff. Uh, so it's those kind of triggers. It's not about manipulating them. It's about addressing them and really trying to help, like trying to help. When you start, right. sit down to write your campaigns, start there. Who do I want to help and how can I help them? And then work that backwards. That's, uh, and um, sometimes the answer is, I don't know. And then maybe you, you know, you have to move on to another idea. So it's, well, when it yeah, would come from a funnel, it's places of service is going to be your best. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think you too, I mean, what you're saying is true that it, it would come from an authentic place in me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit there and target, um, dog owners if I didn't like dogs. Um, right. but, but if, but, um, but because I am a dog owner, I might want to go, um, after, uh, dog, uh, dog owners, because I know a great community where there's a wonderful dog park. It's very mm -hmm. dog friendly community. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's then what you, the, the idea I got from what you just said is it's got to come from a place of where you're personally interested, you're personally invested in this, um, and, and so where, are, you know, is that a viable market to go after? I mean, it might just because I'm into finger painting doesn't mean I'm going to find enough people to sell houses to that are into finger painting. Right. So, um, it's got to have a practical, um, 
market. Yeah, but, I think um, I think it's linked to um, a previous question we asked, Courtney. Uh, you know, when you were asking about when you're up against these big, you know, you've gone up and you're now facing um, some big um, com- local competitors. And, right. Um, is the, and it's a bit also linked to the home variation question I asked. Um, is that I think these campaigns to be really um, engaging, they've got to be what I call nicheified. They've got to be aimed at Pacific target audiences. Mm-hmm. But the problem I was going, the question I'm going to ask currently is um, when when it comes to Facebook, you get a lot of these seminars and aimed at agents, and they say you know you can really target an audience, really you know micro target. But the reality is the audience has to be at a certain size, really, doesn't it? Um, Which is hard in a small geographic area. Exactly. This, I'm, ask you, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the terrible one of this. I'm going to ask you the real toughy questions. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what the, Bring it uh, on, Jonathan. Yeah, come here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do have a smile, though. Uh, um, but what, what have you found, you know... Um, your audience size really has to be to you know really get any kind of um, result from the campaigns in general. Yeah, I mean, I think in you know whenever I'm I'm researching start launching a campaign for a new agent, uh, one of the first things that I do is research the the population density of their area. Uh, so if in their circle that they want to do business in, there's ten thousand homeowners. And then we start niching that down. That's not going to be an effective audience, uh, you know. And that, those people, you're going to have to change, refresh that copy over and over and over and over again because those ten thousand people are going to see that ad in a couple of months, right? Uh, so, you know, because Facebook tries to battle frequency as much as it can to help you, you don't. It's it's a much more of an uphill climb. So if you're in one of those tiny little markets, like, you know, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge for you. Whereas if you're, you know east of LA and you've got 250,000 homeowners in a 10 mile radius. Mm. Uh, you know, so I don't really like to work with an audience, like a starting seed audience of less than like 10 or 15,000 personally. Okay. Um, I know there are those out there that would disagree with me on that, but I think by the time you niche that down and then you start retargeting it, it starts to get really, really, really small. Um, and you're going to have issues with frequency and, uh, showing ad too much to the same people. And it's, it's a problem. Uh, so that's just my personal threshold. Uh, Ten to fifteen thousand is about as small as I would want to go top of funnel. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I totally agree with you. Actually, I actually think it's got a little bit, a bit, a bit higher, but uh, I think it's debatable. Um, the other factor I was going to ask you is that you know I think you've got to understand a little bit about Facebook and what they're looking for, and they're looking for keeping people on their platform as long as possible. Um, and in, and seeing engagement on that platform, so rare I can't pronounce today. It's terrible. Relevance <laughs> is um, they actually give you a score, don't they? About mm-hmm. from zero to ten. Um, can you talk about that a little bit and why that is so important and keeping an eye on that? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: Facebook's free. And in exchange for Facebook being free and getting to do things like we're doing right now and being live all over the internet for free, uh, we engage with ads. However, when the ads are terrible, it affects our relationship with that platform, right? 
So, you know, you start running a campaign and it's, you know, Jonathan's referencing the relevancy score. Uh, if you're sitting at a one or a two and all and you can't figure out why your ads aren't feeding out, it's because your ad's terrible and Facebook doesn't want to show them. Uh, given the choice between a really good, healthy, helpful ad and a really terrible, ugly ad that doesn't help anybody except themselves, Facebook's going to choose this one all the time. So when you're looking at your relevancy score, you know, that there's a combination of a lot of different things. Are you showing the right ad to the right person in the right way? Because if it's not, if you're not accomplishing those objectives that you set up to accomplish, Facebook's going to be like, okay, then something in there is broken and it's going to penalize you for that. Um, it's going to make your costs higher and it's going to make your ad show less. And you know, you're not going to get the most desirable placement when there's a 10 out of 10 sitting over here trying to bid against you. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, Facebook wants to stay free and to do that, they have to keep their ads as comfortable as possible inside of their, their, their user interface. Mm. Um, that's part of why they're pushing messenger so hard right now. You hit the nail right on the head with all of the bots. And I don't know if you guys have gone there on the show or not, but all of the bots and the autoresponders and things that are out there, that's the hot tool right now. Uh, because they're wanting to make Messenger the thing, that that's where you communicate with each other, uh, that, that the goal for an agent could no longer be an email and phone number. They just need a Messenger engagement. Uh, you know, that's, that is all part of Facebook's mindset of make your stuff good because we will show it for you. But if it's terrible, we're not going to show it. So, I think that's a fantastic answer. I think we're, we're going to finish off on our podcast. And if... Currently, he's gracious can spend another 10 minutes. I'd love to continue the discussion on YouTube and um, we delve a little bit more into some of the world of Facebook. What do you, um, I'm going to hand it back over to Thomas to kind of finish off. Sure. Well, I just want to give Courtney a chance to let our um, podcast listeners know how to reach out to her. So, Courtney, do you want to tell people how to reach you? Sure. Yeah. You can get all of my contact information on um, happyturtlemarketing.com. Uh, you can see some more information about the work that we do. And you can actually schedule some time with me right on that website uh, that we can talk about your business and, and see if there's things that we can do to help grow. Uh, or just, you know, look beyond, send me a message in Messenger uh, if you want. So it's, I'm, I'm available to agents all over the country because I think uh, when the industry does better, we'll all do better. So uh, mm. I'm happy to help in any way that I can, client or not. Awesome. All right. Well, folks, you heard it. That's Courtney Brophy with Happy Turtle Marketing. Uh, we'll have her contact information up on the show notes as well. Uh, Jonathan, you want to let our listeners know how to reach you? It's really easy, folks. You can go to the Mail Riot Twitter feed. You can go to the Mail Riot Facebook page. I'm around on both. Or you could email me. Yes, or message me. But email Jonathan at mail-right.com and I'll answer all my email that's directly sent to me and we love your feedback um, have you found this discussion really interesting? I have and, um, and what guests and what areas you would like me and Thomas to find a expert to interview and have a chat with and get some insights about the most latest marketing and real estate um, things that people are doing that getting them results back to you thomas all right and i'm thomas j nelson you can find me on my website conveniently called thomas j nelson realtor.com here in san diego california i can also connect you with agents throughout the country in canada uh, as i belong to a pretty dynamic network um, that is responsible for selling one out of every eight homes in the united states I'm also found on Facebook, LinkedIn, and you can do the old-fashioned thing and call me at 
232-8722. I hope you'll join us over on YouTube now. We're going to ask some bonus questions of Courtney, um, but we'll be signing off the podcast now, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, folks. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.